0: Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Spanberg and Kat Smith. Welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show. And hello, Kat. How are you today? I'm well, Vagar. How are you? I am fine. Are you aware this is episode number three?
1: It is. I am aware. I've been very aware that it's number three, which is good. That went quick. Because we up to the third one. It did. Yeah, that what that are we went quick, as the
0: actress said to the <laughs> bishop. Yeah. Yet again. How's the sandpit today?
1: It's cloudy. It's unusual, but it's bloody hot.
0: No. Yeah. Last time we spoke of the weather, it was uh, snowing hot. here, actually. And then we had one <laughs> week after that with 20 degrees summer, and now we're back at uh, yeah, it will be freezing uh, tomorrow. So Fabulous. I live in, so let's I, make I live a podcast Norway.
1: about the weather. Let's no. make a podcast about the weather. Yeah, no?
0: it should be interesting. No. No. We shouldn't. Actually, what we're talking about today is clients from hell. Du, du, du. Du, du, du. Have you ever had any clients from hell, Cap? I have.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've had a number of clients from hell. Yes. And they are very, very painful people. In fact, they're so painful... That you just don't want to turn up to work, do you? You don't want to actually go in there and deal with them. But there's only one way to deal with a client from hell.
0: Yes, it is. Are we going to re- reveal that yet, or are you first going to tell us the story? No,
1: I think we'll reveal that about, in a minute because yeah, yeah, why not? I first want
0: to story. hear about someone who you chose to call Madame or Madam. Yeah,
1: or Madam. I think Madam was a really good name for her. Yeah, when I had my salon, we had a um a client who. We inherited with the salon, so she was already a, a customer from the previous owner, and uh, she was a little bit all oh, demanding I think we could use that word. And she knew what she wanted, which was fine, um, but she proceeded to make everyone's life miserable because she wanted it in a very specific way. And a very everyone had to run around and meet her whims um, without her even acknowledging that the salon was there to help her. So everyone sort of pussyfooted around her, is that a word that you use in Norway, pussyfooting? So you know, like really softly, softly, Yeah, we have similar
0: expressions, you mm.
1: so. Yeah, um, and nobody really wanted to deal with her, so they were very scared of her, which was not good because every time she came in the salon, the whole mood would change, and the, the salon would change from being an upbeat, happy place to kind of like, oh, let's tiptoe around, let's not make waves, let's not, you know, offend her or the rest of it because she would make herself very known that she was not happy on any one occasion. So anyway this one time she came in this one time she um, she was having her hair done and she was a blonde so she was having highlights and all the foils were in and it was being processed and uh, it was time to have them taken out and to be washed off and she sat back in the basin and as the stylist was washing your hair the water went off and we'd been having some work done outside the salon and it wasn't our choice but the uh, local utilities company had decided to restore all the victorian uh, water pipes in the area which is a good thing because you know they were pretty old and they were starting to leak so it was a good thing the that timing the, you know, it doesn't sound
0: like the timing was perfect though. timing
1: is never perfect is it never no. never perfect
0: they didn't want to get up early and do it say early in the morning oh, they, or during the night that that's that wasn't an option was it
1: have you seen utilities company work or not yeah, work I have. yeah
0: yeah not work you Spain. have you have yeah. you have one guy working with a shovel and then you have five guys standing around watching
1: but, yeah that's pretty much sums it up yeah i think you we know, they decided might, might have
0: offended someone now but that's okay <laughs> well
1: that's what we're here for <laughs> uh, we decided they decided just to uh, go through the line and, and the water got cut off and as a salon, when your water gets cut off, it's a pretty dire situation because you're pretty much relying on water to, to do a job for you. So she was sitting in the backwash and she had her hair out of the foils, but there was still product or covering it. And there was not a drip of water coming out of the tap. So the stylist looked up at me and I was happened to be working in the salon that day, helping out. And he looked absolutely terrified. And I was like, What's happening? He said, there's no water. So we went to the back room and tested the taps there. And sure enough, there's nothing coming out of those ones either. And then the bathroom, there's nothing coming out of those ones. So we looked outside and there are the workers standing around rubbing their heads and thinking, oh, maybe they've done something wrong. So my ex-business partner went out to have a, word, a few words with them. And have these, a few said, words? Well, was that yeah. in, was in like the foot? Like, like, we own a shouting. business. Yeah. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> Um, they go, well, this no we can do, mate. One <laughs> well, thing we can do, mate.
0: Are you stupid or something? We need water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Can't you see we're trying to run a business here? Yeah. Um, anyway, so I thought very quickly and thought, well, actually, we need to get some water pretty quick. And next door to us was a little corner store which sold, you know, your basics like bread and cigarettes and alcohol and, and water and bottles. And unfortunately that day, or fortunately for Madam, there is only Avion water in the bottles. So nothing cheap. It was Avion. You know, you live young, Avion, the beautiful French water from the Alps. And so I had to purchase a number of bottles of this lovely water, which I then took into the salon and put it in the kettle and boiled it and then added so cold nice. water to it from another bottle to make it you're the right the temperature you- for her hair. I know. But you're
0: way too <laughs> nice. You should have used the water from the loo or something.
1: Didn't you think um, of that? It was tempting afterwards, but no, I didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Just So anyway, she got this lovely, beautiful soft water. And you know, bearing in mind in London the water is quite hard, it's got the calcium carbonate in it, which makes the taps go or the water. Uh, go white and leave a white uh, film everywhere and it, it's quite hard on hair as well as so it changes the texture of hair when it's hard. When you have soft water the hair goes very soft and it's lovely and it's flowing and manageable and of course you know she's making this comment about um, that the fact that where she comes from the water is always soft so it wouldn't be any different to where she, she lives um, oh. during the week. So we got it all off, we did her hair, it was all beautiful, it was all lovely, and was she happy about that whole process? No. she complained
0: My guess is no, yeah.
1: No. She complained that we had to use bottled water on her hair, and it had to come out of the kettle, and what kind of professional business did we think we were running, etc, etc, etc. So she kicked off at the front desk, and she was almost refusing to pay for the service, even though we gave her... Everything and more. Um,
0: did you give her a discount? She,
1: no. Basically, we Good. just said, that's it, fine, see you later. Don't, don't ever come back in the salon again. You're not welcome. Did you put but it like that? How did you frame yeah, it? We said, we're obviously not meeting your expectations as a salon, and we think it would be better for you and for us if we went our separate ways. And she got in a snitch, and off she went. And we never heard from her again.
0: That sounds excellent. I have a similar story, well, different story, really. Uh, as you know, I have my broadband business, and a common thing there, common problem is when people have some sort of problem with their internet connection, for instance, that they have the, the speed is too slow or something like that. And um, sometimes there's something wrong with us, but mostly it's a, most <laughs> of the time it's something to do with the customers' com- equipment or computer or something. Anyway, we had this client; he came back time after time after time. To complain about the speed and complain about whatever. And he said that his son now, he's now bought a new computer for his son. It cost him, what, two grand or something. It was the oh. best computer around, so it couldn't be anything wrong with the computer. Had to be something with the connection. And he went on and on and on and on for weeks. And then at some point I just snapped and said <laughs> calmly that, look, we've done everything we can. And I think it's time you move on to someone else. We obviously can't serve you. And I basically told him that we're terminating your subscription now. So uh, you you have one one month or something to to find someone else. Just let me know when you have found a new provider. We will give you back all your money and and that's it. You know what? He didn't want to. Really? (laughs) No. Shock me. He came down to my office, asked for me.
1: Wow. Apologized. Did he go
0: his a- apologized. <laughs> wow. Said that he had uh, some problems. Um, he was angry because he has diabetes and he had low like, blood sugar or something <laughs> like that on that day. Always a- it was just a loud excuse. But anyway, yeah, he, he, a blame. he begged, uh, actually begged to, to just just stay, bit, still be a customer. He didn't want to find anyone else. And I don't think we've heard from him since. Maybe just for some some minor questions, but he's never complained again.
1: Well, there you go. Sometimes it pays to treat. Well, in my circumstances, this woman was creating a problem in the salon and it was a a nasty environment every time she walked in. So when we got rid of her, it changed everybody's perspective. Everybody was really happy. And they could also see that there was no reason they have to put up with the kind of denigrating yeah. things that this customer is doing, um, exactly. particularly to them, because, you know, you're a professional, you, you're there to do an amazing job for someone, you want to give them a great service and you want to give them a great product, you're not there just to piss people off, are you? Really? You know, you, you want to give yeah. them something. So if they're going to piss think, all over you...
0: Yeah. And I think that part of the problem here is that what people don't realise is that clients come and go. You don't actually have to cater for just one client and, and, and I mean... Do everything for them, and and uh, to the point where you—how uh, should I, uh, what should I call it? But to, to the point where you you can't kind of spend all your time just just tiptoeing around them and be, be, be being scared of them. You don't yeah, have to do that because be there are the customers. It's not fair, and all the other customers see yeah, that to, exactly. to just cheat one client
1: like that. Yeah, and it comes yeah. down to your business, your rules. If they're not going to play by your rules and and do. As you wish them, and I know that's a, a big topic for another time. Then they shouldn't be allowed to get away with that. But also, I think it's just common courtesy. If you can't treat people who you buy things from with respect and a certain you know amount of kindness, then you're obviously not meant to be there. Don't don't go in and annoy people. It's not you know it's not it's not a good thing to do as a human being. It's a very basic thing, isn't it?
0: You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Cat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. Yeah, it is. Um, And what we have is, um, we have a suggestion, don't we, for our listeners, what they can do to to, do... Oh, it's
1: more than a suggestion. It's more than a suggestion.
0: It's an order. Do it. Yeah, do it. No, what people need to do is build an avatar because that solves much of this, really. Uh, When you find that you, if you find you have crap clients, it's probably because you've been targeting the wrong clients and you don't have, you haven't had the rules in place for the clients because you need, just as you need rules for your business, you need rules for your clients as well. You can't, you can't, your staff can't, the business can't cope with bad clients. Over time, you will get even with these filters in place, even with having built an avatar, so you know who you're targeting. You will still get the occasional bad client, but that will put you in a position where it's easy to just sack them and say, "Listen, your are how you frame it is up to you, but but in some way conveying the message that they they should find someone else to work with, and." Um, People should ask themselves a few questions shouldn't they when they build their avatar?
1: Well they should but just going back to that point was that it's, it's very liberating when you realise that you don't have to deal with everybody and you don't have to put up some of the bullshit that comes through your door. And when you decide that and when you give permission for yourself to do that and permission for your staff to say I don't have to deal with that and permission to sack your clients it's very, very liberating, and you also realise that those people are costing you money. So they may be high-paying clients, but they are actually costing you business because the staff don't want to deal with them, the clients risk the clients in the business, get a bad vibe when they're in there and they might not come back, because you, know, you can tell a salon where it's not a good vibe when you walk in the door, because everyone looks miserable and no one's speaking, and there's gossip in the back, and there's gossip to other clients. And it creates an environment where nobody wants to go into. So you're costing your salon money by keeping these people um, in your business and creating an issue for you. So when you have permission to sack, and you don't need the permission, but when you actually say, right, I don't need this in my life, get rid of it, they're gone. And like, you know, in your instance, the they, often they'll just turn around and not even realize that they've done it, and they go, "Oh." oh, my God, I didn't realise I really want to be a client. I, you know, Please let me stay. I'll behave for myself from now on. And that's yeah. what happened with another client of ours. You know, She was very, very, very German. I'm going to use the word German. She was, you know, and she, she was very rough and she was very direct and she ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, and she didn't realise she was doing it until she was told, it was like, you know, we don't tolerate that kind of behaviour in here. This, this best,
0: isn't... Yeah, sorry.
1: The best day I had was when my... 22-year-old junior sacked a client and said to her, and this was even before, it was a brand new client in the chair and she was already kicking off, and he said, I'm really sorry. I really don't think that we're the right salon for you and I could do your hair, but I don't think that's gonna satisfy you. So I would be happy to refer you to another salon. And you know what that, she sat down and she listened and she said, no, 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 I'm really sorry, I'll behave myself. But he, he was 22 and he had the courage to do that. And he, you know, he was working on commission. so the fact that he said that to him meant he would be losing money straight away because she would leave. But in fact, she stayed and was a really loyal client after that. And the other thing is, once you do that and you say to them, well, I can refer you to another salon down the road, it means you get rid of a problem and you give your competition the problem. So it's a win-win.
0: I've done that several times, to be honest. And after I discovered that, Rich. after I discovered that I was allowed to set clients, I've, I've practiced it, this for I've practiced this for years now. It's very liberating, as you say, but it's also necessary to get rid of them. But and as you say, it's funny how you're, I've actually had competitors that have thanked me for referring clients to them, referring my <laughs> clients from hell to them oh, yeah, they get happy they are used like, to this yeah, exactly. you see most companies are used to working with bad clients so they they think this is how it's supposed to be so they thank me for, for giving them a client i sure sure it's a client but but a client isn't a client what i've discovered is that it's not worth it it's not worth it in money and it's not worth it in the stress and and everything else exactly. you even have the same with employees some place i I was a consultant in a company and they had uh, I was working in their office for, for a while and uh, a new employee came in and she she was supposed to start that day. She went around complaining how the computers were set up, how the office looked. She just complained about everything. And at, I think 10 minutes or 15 minutes after she she arrived, the manager took her into the meeting room, talked to her and then she left. And he just Fred. said, her, what he had said what, Said to her was just that this this is no point, you you clearly won't, this, not this is not the here. place for you, it's not for you, you need to, to work somewhere else. So, so we should probably stop this now before we So
1: jog on, honey.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and that actually, lear- I learned a lot from that. I don't know, apply that later. I mean, I've seen it now every time. And it, it puts you in a position, it changes your positioning when you're not afraid to set customers. And I see that several times. I work with, for instance, sometimes I work with big programming projects and there you're used to your clients bullying you a bit because you're just one consultant. You're just a programmer, something like that. And I will try to to set you up against others. But what you see is that they sometimes, very often what they want is to pressure you uh, because they want what you have, but they don't want it at the price you quote you're for yeah. It, so yeah. They, they, they go to the guy down the road and they get a quote from them and get back to you and say, he's doing it for whatever, less than you. And in many cases, I just say, okay, then go to him.
1: Then go to him. And a, that's a massive topic, though, isn't it, for pricing? It's a massive topic and we're going to go back to why. that. But it is about yeah. second
0: clients because it has to do with this not being afraid of losing the business because being Absolutely. in a position. We're afraid to lose the business. That's a very, very bad position to be in. And it's almost, yeah. as I said earlier, clients come and go, and you can always find new clients. That's easier than yeah. taking on And if you show a desperation, a bad
1: you're gonna be yes. that kind of exactly business, a desperate business. Yes,
0: and this is, as you say, this is a topic for, for probably several episodes, this, this positioning thing. We're gonna get back God to that, on but that it's one. really important. Yeah. But Kat, we need to talk about the avatar. And okay. uh, what an avatar so, is, because an avatar is just uh, basically a, a painting of your ideal client, isn't it?
1: Yeah, pretty much. It basically is just who your ideal client is. So what they look like, what their age is, where they live, how much they earn, what their interests are, what their guilty secrets are. All those things that you can get inside their head. So if you can get inside the head of an ideal client, then that's when you can start to market to them because you know, what type of person they are, what they can respond to and that sort of thing. So it works in two ways. One is you will know who you want in your business and then you'll also know how to attract them into your business because you'll be able to use the words that they resonate with to get them to act and come in. But then it also gives you a, a blueprint for your whole team to know exactly the type of person that you want in your salon. So you can tell your team, this is the type of person that we want. This is what they look like. This is what they do. This is their wants and desires. These are their needs. And then they'll have an idea so that they can work with autonomy and say, yes, this is the type of client for me and this is not the type of client for me. So you do I'm two parts. just gonna interrupt to you there opinion. and ask
0: you a question because when I say this to people in the, really in the salon trade, they, they will say, all in the salon business, they would say, but everyone, Almost everyone's <laughs> got hair, so so everyone is my client, really, because I can't yeah. hair and everyone has hair. So so why shouldn't yeah. I everyone? This yeah. doesn't make sense. What would you yeah, because
1: everyone has a credit card, or nearly everyone has a credit card, but not everybody's got money on it. So why would you take someone who can't pay? Like the young guy who decided to treat his girlfriend, and this is how barefaced they were. They came into the salon face to face, or off the street. He, they walked in the guy said this is my girlfriend I'm in love with her I'd like her to have a very special treatment can you give her the works give her the, your top service I'm going away to um, buy a present for her I'll be back what time does it finish we said whatever two hours three hours whatever it was he said that's fine I will leave my credit card details with you and you just charge it when she leaves so it was all done and my receptionist was a little bit mm, slow didn't charge it right then and there because they hadn't decided exactly what they were going to do with her. So she had this amazing service, we gave her everything, made her feel special, she left and of course the credit card didn't work, it was declined, hadn't left any details which is you know, our fault because they didn't follow the process but they'd been so charming and so persuasive that this was happening that they made this feel good factor in the salon when and then they didn't follow any of the systems. So we gave this person a lovely afternoon, including champagne, and then didn't get paid for it. So you know, everyone's out of pocket then, and everyone's feeling with a bad taste in their mouth. So if you are gonna take absolutely everyone as your customer, you're gonna be prepared to have everything coming at you. So you know, what's the point of that? What's the point of doing something and bending over backwards and providing a great service when people aren't going to pay you, or they're going to be nasty to you, or they're going to turn around and give you a bad review because it's the type of point they are, or they're going to argue with you because they want a discount, or they're going to not ever turn up again, or whatever it is. You don't have to deal with everybody. And the other the thing when you when you say you want to deal with everybody is that you just become another commoditized salon on the high street because you're doing everything that everybody else is doing. So... If you decide to specialize on niche and have an ideal person as your client, all of a sudden you start to pull yourself out of this big pit where everyone's jumping up and down shouting, pick me, pick me, pick me, and you become the go-to person, you become unique. You become the person that everyone talks about about going to for that particular solution to that particular problem. And all of a sudden you're in an, another category or, all together, it's a category of one, and you're doing this one thing. And you might think that's boring, but it's not. You can be very creative about this one thing. And you can get these amazing people who will pay over the odds to come to you, like the Russian princess we had coming to us, like the princess from Monaco we had coming to us, like the uh, businesswoman from S- uh, Switzerland who'd come every month, like the woman from New York who'd come every three months, to that salon, our salon, just because we did that one thing that they were looking for, and would pay whatever we asked, basically. We could have asked more. I was always complaining we should put our prices up, but that that. was the, that's the one thing. That's what you can get out of it.
0: And that's an amazing position to be in, isn't it?
1: Well, it is, and it's very simple. It's so simple. And that's why we do do it. She said.
0: So part of that process, we're getting close to the 25-minute mark here, but uh, part of that process is to figure out who you want to sell to. And you have to look at things like your demographics, age, where they live, blah, 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 hobbies, interests. But you also have to look at what you're good at, uh, what you sell the most or what you earn the most from, what you're best at, uh, what kind of clients you like. I mean, yep. that's important as well. And when and you've it, done it's all often, this, yeah?
1: Sorry, it's often the type of person you are. So it's a person you like to deal with. So... We like to deal with people that we like and we most likely like people who are like ourselves. So if you're doing it, you're writing this up yourself, think about what you like. And that's probably the type of person that you've been wanting to...
0: And that's probably what you'll about. find when you when you create your advertise, that you'll find a person not necessarily exactly like you, but close to you with the same interests and, and desires and wants and wishes and, and life as you it's scary want, that there's
1: another have. me out there.
0: Uh, well, I don't think there is. I'm sorry, pop well, I'm not really, but we, we all love you, cat, but one is enough. Yeah,
1: one's plenty. It's more than plenty.
0: Okay, so I think we've concluded the clients from hell episode. Probably going to talk more about this. But could you tell us what we're going to talk about next time?
1: Well, actually, it kind of leads on from this because if you are struggling to find what your niche is or what you're good at or what you're, Perfect client looks like, and that sort of thing. There's an amazing principle, um, and it's a. It, it comes from a very dry subject of statistics, but we'll make it fun for you because that's what we're good at. Uh, and it's about the eighty twenty principle. It's called, or the law of the vital few. And there is an amazing Italian man, who uh, who discovered this. And I love Italians, so we can talk about that. And we'll find out for you. You'll discover. You will discover how to find your perfect client.
0: You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.